I know what I had in, in Australia and how lucky I was, how pivotal it was to so many things that I did personally after that, like challenging myself and doing things out of my comfort zone that I would never have done if I didn't meet those girls and become part of what you've created. You know, like you say about creating the connections, but the way that you did it, that to make sure that that was the essence of what RMA was. The heart and the soul of it is the people and being there for each other, motivating and inspiring. And, and you know, like Anna and Christina did for me, is like that believing in others and reminding them to believe in themselves. And I think, um, you know, that was what was so pivotal at the start with Chicks Run the Six. It wasn't me, you know, having run marathons and whatever else with some other mums that had run marathons. It was like these girls almost forced me to start this. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they said, hold on a second, like what's happening here? Other people need this and they need it right, like they need it now more than ever. Like we would not have run if it wasn't for this text group. We wouldn't have run if you guys didn't care about what we've done for ourselves today. So I think like RMA is 100% part of Chicks from the Six. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Nicole Bunyan, founder of Running Mums Australia. Each episode, I will be speaking to everyday women who have an inspiring story to tell. We will cover the highs and lows of their own journey, the impact motherhood has had on their life, and how running has inspired them to live wilder, dream bigger, and change the world around them. Thank you for joining us on this new adventure that will hopefully leave an imprint for you to live out your own life inspired to conquer goals you never thought possible. everyone welcome back to another episode of the RMA podcast today I share with you a really inspiring story about a lady called Amanda Richardson Amanda hails from Australia but she actually lives in Toronto in Canada Amanda was part of our RMA community quite some years ago and she moved over to Canada with her husband and her family to start a business there it was then that Amanda was brought on this incredible journey she felt the need to create a community over there because she found that there was nothing like RMA overseas where she was living and she really missed the connections that those women in her life brought her. So Amanda formed a community called Chicks Run the Six in Toronto. This community is much like RMA. It is there to inspire and uplift women. Uh, it is there to connect them and encourage them. And I wanted to share this story with you and also get a little bit of insight into Amanda's journey where she started running through her experience with postnatal depression, um, forming community and connections with others, and also what running has taught her throughout her life. You will love this story. Please uh, share this with your friends and also head over and follow Amanda and her journey at Chicks Run the Six, or you can also find her at Plant Based Mother Runner on Instagram. 
I look forward to sharing this with you. Please let me introduce you to Amanda Richardson. Before we begin, a message from this week's sponsor, Physiocram Massage Gel. Physiocram has been helping Running Mums Australia to achieve their running goals for years now and ease those post-training muscular aches and pains. Hurting sucks and Physiocram has our back. To get your own Physiocram, head to www.physiocram.com.au. Don't forget, if you're a member of the member program, you can get 20% off with your member code. You can also find Physiocram at your local pharmacy. I'm in a singlet. The sun's coming through the window. <laughs> you're probably like, oh, it's not snowing right now. But um, my run in the my run this morning was in the snow. Oh, that's so amazing. People keep saying to me, "Oh, you're gonna like. You must be so happy." And I like in, in some way. I mean, of course, like I can't wait to be at home and I can't wait to not have to worry about all this stuff. But there's something so magical about it. Like, yeah. and you just feel like, like I find myself sometimes. I suppose to me because it's such a novelty. Like I'm running along and there's like snow and ice going in my face, and I'm like, "This is amazing." I don't even know how people get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you have to. Um, you drop the kids off in the morning and you do not go home. You just like, you stay out. If you go home, you will never go out again. (laughs) And don't get comfortable. Don't wear any warm stuff. Just like, just stay outside. And I'm like, okay, that's the biggest thing. I think, um, I think you just got to just go with it. How long are you there for? Well, we should have been home already. Um, And like, so we were supposed to come home last March. Uh, Is it because of COVID that you didn't? Well, it was a bit of a like, so so it was for, it's for my husband's work and they were sort of like, oh, we think it's going to be a bit longer than what we thought. So we're going to extend your visa maybe for, you know, till the end of the year or something like that, or till the summer, like, because the kids finish school in June. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that. And then of course the next month, COVID hit and the business, like just everything's out of whack, like the business plan, the, yeah. and then as each month went on, it was like, you can't get back to Australia. Like you can't go. You, like we would have had to have gone like instantaneously. Yeah. And then obviously like no job, our house is rented out. It was like, yeah, no, you can't. Oh well. So now we're kind of like stuck here. <laughs> I thought it'd be really cool to get you on because just a different perspective of Aussie living abroad and um, Mm -hmm. what that's like for you. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we just talked a little bit about what that's like being away from home and your family and trapped basically (laughs) in the other side of the world. Uh, (laughs) Um, But yeah, I also find you really interesting. Um, So I thought it'd be good to dive in and get to know. I'm very, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm honored. I'm like the people that you've had on, I'm kind of like, I I feel like I'm not, you know, I don't have anything that special to share, but I must admit COVID I do know about. (laughs) (laughs) You're an expert. (laughs) Oh gosh, we all do. But um, yeah, I just thought it'd be really good to get to know you better as, you know, personally anyway, but um just for some girls to get a a different perspective. And the thing is when people say what you just said, which everybody says at the beginning of these podcasts, that they don't think they have anything special to share. Yeah. That's not true. Like everybody. I know what you're like, and I say it to people too. I'm like, (laughs) everybody is inspiring to someone else, but then you're like, but not me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't let yourself be inspiring. But you know, everybody has a story. Absolutely everybody has something important to share or special to share. And this podcast, 
unlike lots of other podcasts anyway, isn't supposed to be a highlight reel for the super uh, famous, amazing runners or people that we know in the world. This is supposed to be a podcast about everyday women who are just having a go and mm. in doing so are inspiring other people. So that's true. You're one of those people that are inspiring I'll, other people by just I'll, being I'll, you. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> So I don't think we'll do a formal introduction like I normally would say welcome to the podcast. I think we've talked a lot already. So we'll just probably keep all most of what we've talked about in already. But um, okay. yeah, I will say welcome. Uh, I'm really excited that you're on. And um, for those that don't know about you, do you want to just briefly tell us a little bit about where you were from and where you were living right now? Mm-hmm. So I'm Amanda. I'm 39. I'm, um, yep, I'm approaching the big 4-0 milestone birthday this year. So that's exciting. I am a wife and a mom to two boys who I currently homeschool or virtual school um, in Toronto in Canada. So three years ago, we moved from sunny Brisbane, Australia to snowy, cold Canada. <laughs> I see. I think of Canada, which is a place I was supposed to be at the end of last year for my 20 year anniversary oh. with my husband. And obviously due to COVID did not happen. Um, but I think of Canada as just such an exciting place to be. I guess if you're living there, like anywhere, someone might think of Australia or Sydney or Brisbane as somewhere exciting too. I guess the novelty wears off in a little bit of time. Um, did you think it was going to be an exciting place to live when you were told that you were going to be moving across there with your family? <laughs> um, I had been here once before about, oh, about 12 years ago. And it was freezing. I arrived that day and it was like the biggest snow dump in a hundred years or something. So I knew it was going to be cold. Um, but what I wasn't expecting was all the seasons. I think that's been amazing. They really celebrate all the seasons because it is so cold. So when it's summer, it's really summer and everyone embraces it so much because it's so short. So yeah. everyone goes to cottages and, you know, the natural, like the nature here is just, incredible and completely different to yeah. what I experienced at home. So like mountains, lakes, cottage life. Um, yeah, it's very like, I suppose our beach life, they do their cottage life and yeah, it's amazing. It's, it really is. It's really cool. Yeah. That's what I think of when I think of Canada. I think of the mountains and all that beautiful nature. Like that's what I want to see. <laughs> we might have to yeah. plan a little running vacation in Canada. Yes, yeah, we can sort that out. <laughs> a little girls trip to Canada. Mm -hmm. I would very much like that. <laughs> I bet you would. So let's go back a little bit so we can get to know about you before you became a mom and all of that. Uh, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? I like to ask this question to get a little bit of perspective on where people came from. For sure. Um, so I grew up in Coffs Harbour, so a little beach town, northern, um, mid-north coast, New South Wales. Um, mom, dad, an older sister and a younger brother. And it was very much your typical sort of, you know, 80s, 90s childhood and, you know, living at the beach. So everything really revolved around going to the beach and sport. So it was, um, yeah, pretty much typical Aussie childhood. So you played sport when you were a kid? Kind of yeah, so I had, um, I have, I, I still have them. I have several chronic um, health conditions, but for some reason, I just, the only thing I couldn't give up in all of that, the treatment or whatever else I had to have, I was always like, that was my non-negotiable. I was like, I still want to do my sport. That's my thing. 
Mm. So what was, are you able to share what your chronic health conditions were? Yeah, so I have, um, I have, it's got a really long name, but it's um, glomerular nephritis. It's a chronic kidney disease. And I found out I had it when I've had it since birth, but I found out I had it when I was five years old. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it took lots of, you know, doctor's visits and hospitals and, you know, things like that. But um, yeah, sport, fortunately, my parents, you know, really took great care of me as far as, you know, getting me to the right doctors and things like that. And I was able to continue to do sport. That was something that was super important to me that I could keep doing that. Mm. So in terms of, we'll skip ahead in regards to that, like in terms of this kidney disease and your running, do you have to, um, do you have to be careful with how, like with hydration or how, you know, what you ingest, that sort of stuff in terms of your kidneys? Like how does that Yeah, so hydration obviously is super important. So I think um, that's been over the time is just knowing what my limits are Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, having suffered with it all my life. I know if I'm, you know, worn down or too tired or have symptoms like that. But, yeah, like you say, like the hydration is key. I just, you know, I know I need to, especially in a marathon or especially on a hot day, drink Mm. more than normal people but it's funny that it's just like I took drink bottles around with water in them in primary school when Mm. no one had water bottles I had my special water bottle on my desk and it was kind of like a funny a funny thing so fortunately it's just habit for me I just drink you know three liters of water a day and and you know look my diet is obviously um you know something we'll probably talk about but um is very a very big part of it as well because my mm. my body's unable to process lots of things that people can normally and the more I look after my diet and hydration and stuff like that the better mm. everything is running and just general life. Oh, it's good. It's good that you've been able to like navigate that throughout your life and and live a relatively normal life like everybody else and do amazing things like you've done. You know. Um, you could have gone the other way and not tried things because of that, or your parents 100%. could have been. You know, like the cotton wool parent like that wraps you up and not let doesn't let you try things but um mm-hmm. obviously they weren't those people and they've given you the opportunities which have made you what you are today so yeah and is this, is this something that one of your children may inherit or um I, they possibly could have like things were a bit different when you know when we were babies and kids because they would have known some of these things you know mm-hmm. in ultrasounds and things like that when i was a child so we don't actually know where it came from as far as like a specific person, but um, yeah, my kids are fortunately um, perfectly healthy um, kidney wise. So that's, that's that's really good. Yeah. that's. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about having kids. Um, How has it been moving across the other side of the world with your children to Canada? So you said you live in Toronto. Um, What was that like for you when you first went there and what things did you have to kind of navigate in terms of having children in, in another country? Yeah, that was the biggest thing when we found out, you know, about the move to the other side of the world. Fortunately, um, their cousin, so my brother-in-law, my husband's brother, he lives here with his daughter. So we knew exactly where we were moving to. We knew the street we were moving to. Um, They were excited about moving, you know, where their cousin was. But my son, so I had an eight-year-old and a a four-and-a-half-year-old. So the four-and-a-half-year-old was just like, this is amazing. We're going on an adventure. I'm going to see snow. Um, But the eight-year-old had started school, formed friendships and things like that. So that was, you know, key for me is making sure that they, um, you know, settled into school and, um, you know, made friends and routine and things like that. So that was something that I was really, um, 
you know, apart from like having to pack up your whole life and rent your house out and, you know, mm. visas and things like that. It was just worrying about the kids having, you know, a normal life and friends to play with and things like that. But mm. as far as like logistically, once we got here, we arrived and it was just the back of the Australian summer and the end of their winter. Mm-hmm. And it was about, we think it was, I was trying to do the math. I think it was about a 40 or 50 degree, um, temperature difference mm-hmm. <laughs> that we left and arrived to. <laughs> So um, I packed to wear as soon as I land. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So we had to have like a suitcase that had both kinds of clothes in it. And then um, getting here and it's just, it's so different. Like Australian winter clothes are not winter clothes (laughs) for a start. Um, But also too, everywhere's heated. So then you go inside and it's really hot. So um, I always say like, I have about five times as many clothes as I do in Canada that I did in Australia because you have to have like, you know, like rain clothes and rain shoes and winter boots and spring boots and fall <laughs> boots and like it's just all about coats and layers and the right shoes. Yeah. yeah. I don't think so Anna that was hard to organise that. She would not cope in Canada if we came. <laughs> and Anna will be listening to this. She hates the cold. She thinks it's cold in Sydney. <laughs> oh yeah 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 well we used to it's hilarious i think about it sometimes about when we used to run in brisbane in winter and it would be like 20 degrees maybe 15 maybe if it was a really early morning and we would wear like you know zip up things and we'd run around the block first and then drop them over my fence before we'd go because it was so cold I know it's funny because I I've been in a few little trips with Anna and yeah she she thinks everything's cold because she's from Queensland. Yes, totally. She must have had a heart attack that time when you guys went to New Zealand. <laughs> well, you know what? It actually wasn't cold. It was thirty degrees the day um, we ran oh. the marathon, and then the next day it snowed. It was the weirdest thing. And then of course she complained that it was so cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. that was so funny. So I guess navigating that time with children and also your husband um, would have been a challenging but exciting time. Um, I, when I talked to Jodie Mullen on the podcast, obviously a different scenario where Jodie actually came from overseas. So she came from the US to Sydney and she said in the podcast that she came kicking and screaming, like she really didn't want to go, but obviously her husband's job was to come here. And um, was that sort of a similar experience for you did you not want to leave Australia um or were you like open for the adventure um I think because I thought it was like two years (laughs) I was like this will be good the kids are young um it'll be an adventure and like their cousin lives over here and also I was very very excited by the fact that all so many of the majors are in the US and all the races and they're like just across the border and I'll be so close to I'll be so close to New York I can just go there all the time so I had in my mind I was like two years I can run all these races see the snow and then we'll come home so I was sort of I was sort of excited I mean obviously I didn't want to leave family and friends and stuff like that but I was like this is a cool adventure yeah that's good. And I think that's a great way of approaching it. Like, you know, and the children are young, you know, and they will make new friends and you'll yeah. make friends and, and by watching your journey, you know, on social media, you have done that and we'll get into a little bit more of that. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes we're gifted these opportunities in our life. And I think if we're open to the adventure and open to what possibilities may come out of them, we'll get the best experiences. And obviously you've done that. 
in this experience, even though it has had its challenging times, which it has most recently um, mm -hmm. during COVID. But let's go back to where you started your running journey. Um, seeing this is a podcast about women who run, we better talk about that too. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, so much of your life is um, wrapped up in your running as well, um, which helps you personally and also socially and the impact that you have on your community. Um, so let's go back to the very beginning where you started your journey when you, well, you were running when you were younger, I think, but then you had an experience with postnatal depression with your first child. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and how that sparked that running journey back into your life? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a story of two halves because you know, you start running at, at school and I loved cross country and I ran all the way through, um, through high school. And then there's nothing sort of really around university. I just ran for fun and, you know, working and everything. And then I had some, I have endometriosis as well to add to my mix of things going on. Um, so I had some, you know, infertility issues that I knew were going to come up and the doctor was like, Oh, and all this running, I think we need to like, you know, stop the running and um you know walking and yoga so before i was even pregnant running just went off the radar and those other things just didn't sort of do the, the same thing and i guess um you know i had i had my son and trying to work out like how how is this all going to work i then went back to you know just walking with the pram running just seemed like something that was my past life that had yeah. never never really, you know, it was never going to happen again, I guess. And um, it wasn't until I realized that I wasn't coping whatsoever. And, you know, I was very resistant to it. That's sort of not how things go in my life. It's like, you know, I'm going to approach this motherhood like I have everything else. I'm going to try my best and I'm going to get it right. Mm. And, you know, I pushed everyone that I could away and said, you know, I need to do this myself. I need to get it right. I need to do it myself, you know sleep schedules and mm. all the things that were making me anxious. I was like, I can, I can do this. So I think it was, it was well after a year, it was, you know, maybe 18 months, maybe not quite that long. I eventually, my husband, my mom, my sister, they were all like, you're just not yourself anymore. This is, mm. you know, we know that babies are hard and he doesn't sleep and all the rest, but what about if you go and talk to someone that might help you to be able to cope with, the situation that's going on and um and so i did that and her biggest thing for me was like you're doing a great job as a mom what you're not doing is looking after yourself at all you're not on the you're not on the agenda so she was like you know you told me before that you used to run you have to run like you have to do exercise you know don't start tomorrow going out for a 10k but i want to know that when i see you in two weeks that you've you've done something like that for yourself so that's where it started. I just, you know, the nap times were the hardest times of my day because he didn't sleep day or night. Yeah. So I decided that that was the pain point of the day. So if maybe when it's nap time, I go for a run, he'll nap, I'll go for a run and then I can like tick the box. It's mm. like healthy, happy child, mom did something for herself. And yeah, that's where it started. And I think it just, you know, it probably didn't happen straight away. It's like, you know, 10, 11 years ago in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you know, I know there was lots of walks. I know there was, you know, it was hard, but the more you do it, the more it was like, that was really cool. That was really good. You know, I ran that hill that I didn't run last time. I ran further than I ran that other time. So 
that sense of achievement really started to kick in. Mm. And there'll be other people listening to this podcast that can resonate with that experience. Obviously we have a huge community of mothers that, that listen to this podcast and a part of our community. And what kind of feelings were you experiencing um, about yourself during that time that was different to before? Like what, I guess, what were the major red flags that you and other people were seeing? You know, they said mm. they, you weren't yourself, but were there particular things or was it just like a little gradual change? No, I think it was, I think, you know, I didn't notice it as much because I think it started pre, like with the infertility, with that sort of, um, you know, fertility treatments and then the pregnancy and, you know, the, the more, just morning sickness. I think I just became more and more and more lost in mm. just this whole process of trying to become a mum and then becoming a mum. And I think that, you know, you know, you look forward to this thing so much. And then it was like, I love my child so much, but at the same time, this is so hard. Yeah. I thought it would be something different maybe. Um, but also I think I just, yeah, I, I pushed people away because I didn't want them to ask how it was going because then I would have to say the truth, like, or, yeah. you know, I'd have to make something up. Like, so I would just, not call people or not answer the phone or just, you know, only ring and talk about the good things. And, mm. and, you know, as far as like symptoms wise, it was like, you know, insomnia, like anxious about everything. You know, I was anxious about like a phone bill or a, you know, when I cook that meat, did I leave it out to like, it was just, it just started taking over every aspect of my life was just being anxious. And I think feelings about myself was, you know, was like you're a failure you can't do this like why can you not do this this is your baby you're supposed to know what to do why won't he sleep so there was just so much wrapped up in it yeah I guess the thing for mums is to know that that they're perfectly normal natural feelings that everyone's going to feel as a mum that it's not going to be always easy and rosy motherhood is hard and it's messy and it's got its ups and its downs but I guess when there's a tipping point where those feelings start to overwhelm and become louder than the, the good feelings and the happy feelings is when people might need to seek some help. Um, and I guess for you, it was, it took a little bit of a battle, I guess, in be between you and yourself to actually realize that you did need that help. So Kudos to you for listening to your family and also listening to that voice inside of you that said you need that help because had you not gone to that doctor, um, things may have been different in your journey. We might not be sitting here talking today. So you know, it's, it's funny when we look back at hard times in our journey and we see those turning points and we actually think, wow, it's, uh, it was meant to be that this person said this to me or that I met that person. And that, I don't know if you know, like, was that doctor a runner? Like, or were yeah. they just wanting you to have something for yourself? And they knew that was something that you enjoyed in a previous life. So mm -hmm. they were giving you that gift, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. So let's talk about that time. What was that first run like? Do you remember what the first run with your baby in the pram was like for you? Was it happy or was it like one of those things that you thought was hard too? 
I'm, I can't, like, it's funny. I remember the time. I don't remember, like, the actual first run, but I remember, like, I didn't have a running pram or running gear. Or, I have no idea what I was probably just wearing, like, some kind of stretchy maternity pants and a giant t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. But I, um, what I used to do was, so it was nap time. So we'd go out in the morning and do, you know, like the normal thing you do. Maybe it's, like, music or play at the park or whatever. And then we'd everything would gear up to lunchtime because I knew he would sleep in the pram because he was tired. He just wouldn't sleep in his crib like at all. So we'd go in the pram and then I would always try and like, uh, which I still do now. I try and like make a reason for the run. Like if you don't really want to do the run, it's like, if I make a reason for the run, like I'm going on an errand, I have to meet someone somewhere. So they're going to be waiting for me. Um, You know, maybe his afternoon activity. And so however it took me to get there and, you know, that's, that's how I would do it. So I remember, um, you know, even like the supermarket, right. So I could run there, put all the groceries quietly underneath, and then I could run home again and that would be a job or, you know, get to his grandma's house and then, you know, do a play date or whatever we would do. But that was, that was definitely what I would do in the start to, you know, make, make myself go the distance and make myself keep going. But yeah, it was definitely lots of walk run, lots of, um, just, yeah, it's funny how even when I look back at it now, it's like I don't even know how much running there was in it. It was more mm-hmm. just like I knew that every single day that's what I was going to do and I could kind of like my husband would get home and was like, how was your day? And it didn't really matter what else happened. I could be like, well, we went to here and there and I got in some exercise. So and my 30th birthday, that was the other thing. My 30th birthday was at the end of that year and I remember thinking, that's a good goal. I'm going to, you know, if I keep doing this consistently and then I'm going to like buy this cute outfit and I'm going to wear that to my 30th birthday. And that'll be kind of like, you know, a bit of extra motivation when I really didn't want to. So, yeah. Yeah. What kind of goodness did it bring out in you to be able to get out during the day, not be stuck at home, but get out and exercise with your baby? Obviously he would be sleeping and the endorphins were flowing and what kind of feelings did that bring up in you that maybe wouldn't have been there had you not had that opportunity to get outside? For sure. Like, like I said before, it it just felt, you know, every day that I couldn't get him to nap or couldn't follow this schedule that I was trying to follow. I was feeling like a failure. Whereas all of a sudden that one activity or that one thing during the day, it was like, it all, it would just completely three, like it was a 180 or whichever way you say it It was, (laughs) it was all of a sudden a success. Like the day was a success. Like personally, it was like an achievement. You know, he he slept, which obviously for all mums, it's like it's a, you want to do the best you can for your baby. So it was like tick, good mum. And then tick, I achieved something for myself during that day. You know, I didn't just sort of another day like, oh, what did I do? You know, I made some food. I changed some nappies. I did this, I did that. It was like, oh, you know what? I actually, I went for a... I probably didn't even measure it. I probably didn't know how far it was, but like I ran to Westfield, yeah. got the groceries, ran back again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was definitely that feeling of, you know, achievement and, and as it got easier and as I could go for runs by myself on the weekend when my husband was home and it, you know, it felt like I was getting somewhere. It was like, Oh wow. Like mm-hmm. I'm getting stronger. I'm, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm losing that baby weight. That was another thing probably that was in there. It tied into it as well. And it was just lot. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. And were people noticing a change in you and the way you were like a, a happier person? Yeah, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, you know, there was just, I mean, even just the doctor, like she was just 
yeah, she was just, you know, you, you've obviously done the things. Your, your mood is brighter. You're, you know, more optimistic about, you know, the weekend even, you know, and like looking forward to things again. And, you know, all those questions that they ask you on that little piece yeah. of paper, they ask you all those questions. And at the time you sort of, you don't really ask yourself those questions until someone else does. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm not in a good spot. But all of a sudden it was, it was like, oh, you know what? I'm looking forward to the weekend because my husband's going to be home. He can look at, and I'm going to go for a run by myself. So that means I could like maybe run at the beach or I could, it just is something else to look forward to, something else to put value in, I guess, and an achievement for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's so important that, you know, people that are treating women or talking to women who are struggling with postnatal depression, that that's something that they uh, prescribe them is, is daily exercise. It doesn't have to be running. It can be anything because it does lift those endorphins. It changes their mood. It gives them a purpose in their day other than just looking after their baby it you know gives them something to look forward to and it might set them on a path of discovery and something else that they never knew existed for them so i think it's and i think it's the norm now that most people do prescribe exercise as one of those things um but as we can see in lots of people's journey and especially yours today that 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 was the catalyst for change for you that you getting out and being able to be active outside with your baby was was what made the difference uh -huh. for you in your journey so when you look back at that time and the challenging time beforehand, before you started on this, this journey of discovering uh, who you were as a mom and as a woman, as a person, um, what things did you learn that you've used in other challenging times in your life? Like now, what kind of, um, I guess, lessons did you learn during that time that you've used in different areas in your life? Mm. I think um, the biggest thing for me, and I'm definitely still working on it, is just staying open and trusting the people that love you and being able to communicate with them about how you're feeling and that having hard times is okay. And mm -hmm. saying, I'm having a hard time, I can't do everything by myself, um, you know, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm failing at this or I'm feeling that I, you know, I can't do this perfectly. I can't take on everything and, and that's okay. And I think that's something that I would never have put my hand up to say, you know, I can't do this or I can't take on all these things. And, but I think also at the same time is that getting through something like that, when you know how hard it was and it was all consuming at the time is that, you know, if you take things day by day that they will improve, you know, you, you can get through anything you can get through hard times and you can get through the challenges if you you know surround yourself with people that you can trust and that love you and you know having having yeah things to things to look forward to and yeah joyful parts of your day yeah yeah that's right well let's talk about a little bit of a pivotal change in your journey when you met some ladies at the school that your children were attending and this is how oh well I'll let you say how you were introduced to RMA but let's talk about that time in your life who these women were and what influence did they have in your running journey oh it's just oh honestly <laughs> i think um you know prior to that meeting you know i was running but um it was yeah everything changed everything changed right then you hadn't met um, your enablers yet <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right i hadn't <laughs> made the full transformation yet so 
I, um, yeah, so we'd all, the three, the three of us, our kids, our first, our eldest children had all gone to school. So I think it was kind of like, we still had little ones at home, but it was that feeling of like a little bit of freedom and I'm getting, you know, a little bit of my life back here. It's like, what am I going to do? So Christina, Christina Hull, she, um, her, our kids were in the same class and she says to me, I've seen you running around the neighborhood. You should come for a run with us one time. And I was like, uh, no. I've seen you guys running. I just run with my pram and I run on the weekend when my husband is, um, is home, but no, no, I'm not, up, I'm not up to that. She's like, yeah, I should introduce you to Anna Crozier. And I was like, no, no, like you've yeah, said enough. Change you. <laughs> I've, got, I've seen what you guys do. I'm definitely no, I'm out. And then of course, Anna gets wind of there's another running mum in the kindy classrooms. And so she, gets me in the playground and says to me, oh, I heard you coming for a run. She says, I heard you coming for a run with us on the weekend. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I think you heard wrong. She's like, okay, cool. So I'll be at your house at like six o'clock. And I'm like, yeah, okay. 5 a.m. as like Anna's like time flies on four maybe. (laughs) Totally. So she probably already did 10Ks and then um, (laughs) – And then came around past, um, and we always met at my house. It was like the central position from everywhere. And I think, um, you know, it just, it just started from there. It was like, these girls, you know, it's almost, it's like, they're like sisters now. It was like these random mums at a school that just, you know, like I said, that before I met them, it was like, I, I ran, but I never considered myself like, a runner or a running mom or a, you know, yeah. like someone that was going to do races or anything like that. It was just like, I just run to keep yeah. fit and, you know, something to do. And um, yeah, they just, they just believed in me more than I believed in myself. And they're like, mm. we're just going to keep running. And so we would yeah run on weekends and Anna had signed up for Gold Coast for her first marathon. And so she had long runs and we would just do a bit of the run with her and, we would run across the other side of the river and the best part was that we were away for a really long time and we would stop and we would have coffee or breakfast or whatever. And Anna would still be running and Christina and I would catch the ferry back home. And it was just the best way to start the weekend or the mm. Sunday and like talk about things to look forward to. It was like, were we even running? We were just yeah. chatting, catching up, I don't know, counseling each other therapy yeah. session and then a breakfast at the end and it was just mm. yeah it literally changed everything and i think that's that's the thing with like rma is that we see this woven into every story is that it's actually not even about the running like the running is just the vehicle right that we use to get together obviously we use it to get fit or we have our goals but we don't really find as much joy in running by ourselves as we do when we're with others because they are the times when we find that connection that I guess the true magic happens. So, and that's what's happened for you in your journey. Like, can you tell us a little bit about, do you remember actually what it was like the first time you ran with Christina and Anna? Do you remember what that experience was like for you? (laughs) I was was trying to recall the actual first run, but all I know is that I was like literally terrified. I had no like garments and all these things that they had. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, I'll just come for a run. And we live where we live. It's like at the bottom, like, so the river comes down and it's at the bottom of this big hill and you literally have to run one kilometer straight up a hill to get <laughs> to the road that goes into the city. And 
I just thought, just like, no one talked to me. Just, <laughs> I've got to just get my breath. Because when you run by yourself, you're not talking to anyone. No. But, um, but yeah, I just, just being encouraged along in a way that you just would never do mm. yourself, you know, and just constantly them just taking me under their wing and just, you know, believing in me and just, tell, well, you know, just telling me that I could do it, yeah. whatever it was you can run up this hill, you can do it. Oh, we're at this many kilometers, you can do it. You know, it's only this far away. And it's just having that encouragement and people that just really want you to enjoy running the way that they do or enjoy this thing that we're doing together the way that they do. And I think, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I remember from it. I don't remember the physical parts of it, but just, yeah, incredible. And it's finding that special tribe. Like, you know, you could have been invited to run with a different group of people that didn't make you feel welcome or ran off on you or, you know, Ooh. it could have been a whole different experience. But finding that special tribe who were there to encourage you and inspire you and get you, like you said, under their wing and keep you in their fold and, and help mm-hmm. you along. Um, obviously, they knew that you needed it and then they needed you as well. So it has been really lovely to see that even though you've moved to the other side of the world, that connection is still really strong and you've been able to do some fun things together still, even while on the other side of the world. And we will get to that, but let's just talk about first. Do you remember what your first running event was and what was that experience like for you? Cause obviously Anna would have had a big influence probably in when you decided to lace up for a race. <laughs> so I think, um, Again, like I said, like I hadn't run any events in, oh my gosh, like it must have been, I don't know, like 10, more than 10 years probably. And um, so Anna was training for Gold Coast Marathon. And so we met obviously when school goes back. So we must have met, you know, end of January, February Mm -hmm. and the the, the marathons in July. And Christina says, I'm going to do the half marathon. And I'm like, they're saying, well, you're going to do the half marathon now because we're all going to go to the Gold Coast and it's going to be amazing. And I say to them, I run 10 kilometers on the weekend and, you know, like that's a big difference, 10, 21. And they're like, everything's fine. You know, you've got this. It's fine. You can run 10, you can run 21. Anyway, so <laughs> of course I'm thinking I really should probably do something in between here. This seems a bit crazy. So we, there's an event. Oh gosh, I can't even remember what month that must have been maybe April or May or something like that. There's a a race called city to South and you run from the city to South bank. And I still remember it. I don't even know how I got signed up to this, but we go and get the bibs and all the thing. And then Anna comes around in the dark in the car and we all go into the city in the dark. And I'm just thinking, this is just wild. Like, what am I, what am I doing? Who am I? And so off we go, we run this, we run this race and, then, um, you know, I get to the, I think it's raining. We get to the end. My husband and my kids are there like to pick me up and cheer me on and they give me the medal. And I'm just like, this is just the best thing in the whole world. Like (laughs) all these people are cheering for me. I've never seen them before. You get all this, like, it's just amazing. How good is this? I just, I have to be part of it. And I think, um, you know, I snuck out for a run uh, on a weekend, you know, a couple of weeks later and I thought, okay, I'm just going to run as far as I can and just see what happens here. I ran 16 kilometres. I didn't tell anyone and I was like, okay, if I can run 16 kilometres, I think I can run 21K. So, yeah, I said, um, I'm in for the Gold Coast Marathon and, yeah, we uh, just went from there. I just I went down and stayed with Anna and, you know, she had her first marathon that day. So I think she was up from like 
midnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um I nearly I was so relaxed and so had no idea about this whole race thing that I literally nearly slept in. Christina and Anna are texting, what's she doing? Is she gonna do the race? She's still asleep. <laughs> but um yeah, we get there and you know, that was I guess my first, you know, big race where there was a marathon and it was a half marathon. It was something I'd never really thought about doing beyond 10Ks, right? And then Christina and I sort of are there together. And I'm like, I'm not running with you. I don't, you know, I don't have a why. I don't know what I'm doing. But yeah, I just ran and and I, again, I finished it and I thought, this is just the best thing ever. Like, look at all these people. There's, I don't know. I think there's like 10,000 people in that race yeah, or something. And yeah. I'd lived on the Gold Coast when I went to uni and when I was working and I just, I knew all the places and you're running along the water there. And I just thought, this is amazing. You just sign up for these races and you go to these amazing places and there's all these happy people here and, you get a medal at the end and what's not to be hooked on? That was, that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was the beginning of a little bit of a journey for you with signing up to amazing races, I guess. Um, but how has that journey transpired over the years? Like in terms of what races have you done? Can you tell us a few of those special races that, uh, as something that you, I guess, had a little bit of a bucket list for that you've achieved um, over this past, uh, how many years has it been now? I don't know. How many years has it been? Six, Six seven? Yeah, seven maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess, so the minute we crossed the um, finish line at the half and I think I ran it in like two hours and three minutes or something. So, you know, then of course you're like, well, I have to break two hours now. And then Anna finishes the marathon and we're like, well, I have to run a marathon now because that just is even better. <laughs> and also I think um, going along with that was that, you know, if you go for a train for a half marathon, you're gone for like two hours on a Saturday. If you train for a marathon, you're gone for like half the day. Oh, so that was, very, that was very appealing. Um, so the next year, the very next year, we signed up to do the marathon back at the Gold Coast again. So everything was into this marathon, um, you know, the first marathon into the Gold Coast and, you know, thinking that, well, if I did two hours-ish in the half, I'll do four hours. So we all know that that's just laughable now, but <laughs> at the time that was the plan and, you know, it blew up tremendously, but at the same time, we just laughed. We had the best day. Anna and I ended up in a McDonald's because there wasn't a porta potty and like, <laughs> and anyway, but at the end of that day, you know, I think it would still have to be, you know, one of my best memories and the best photos is that the three of us hand in hand crossing that finish line. Like I still get, you know, goosebumps and seeing like Christina's face in tears and Anna with the tutu on just like <laughs> beaming that like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like her kids, like yeah, totally. on their marathon. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was, that was obviously a, a super special one. Um, then I guess for me, you know, there's been lots of good ones in between, but the big um, highlight was then obviously chasing these um, world majors and 2019 to get into both of them in the one year um, when they're three weeks apart was a bit scary, but at the same time, it was like, you're never going to say no to that. Um, so Chicago, uh, Anna was running, that was her sixth star. So Cindy and I got on text messages to each other and, you know, I think it was like the middle of the night there and, you know, lunchtime here or whatever it was. And it was like, we're doing this. Like, we're just going to make it happen however we get there. And, um, yeah, so that was Cindy, 
Anna, Kylie, and then Lisa was also in the elite field that year. So we were all there in, um, in Chicago and, you know, it was just so, so special, you know, Mm. just being there. It was my first time I ever ran under, under four hours. I'd trained so hard that year, just everything went into that race and to achieve a goal that I'd set out, you know, maybe at that point it was like three or four years before Mm. that and to achieve that and then get across the line. And then the first person I see is Kylie and she's just run Berlin a couple of weeks before. And there she is just smiling. And then we just wait for, you know, Cindy and then Anna just coming across the line. And we all agreed we'd meet at the Abbott tent because that was where she was going to get the medal. And yeah, just just unbelievable memories that you just can never replace. And then, you know, the after party of the donuts and the, you know, going to all the sites in Chicago, that was, that was amazing. And then I think um, three weeks later to turn it around and run in New York, which is one of my favorite cities in the whole world and a race I wanted to do before I even ran marathons. I don't even know if I knew how far it was, but I was like, Mm -hmm. I love New York. I'm going to run the New York marathon one day. So um yeah that was just an amazing experience the crowds the people the landmarks just the history of the whole thing and I also I got to run that with um with Jen as well she was still over here in Toronto at that point so that's three pretty special ones yeah and I think the most special thing about it is like you train hard for these races but I guess it's the people you get to share those experiences with whether it's on the finish line or during the race or part of the training that makes it even that more special. And I remember seeing the photos of all you guys at Chicago and I wished so hard that I was able to be there, but unfortunately I wasn't, but um, that would have been a pretty special moment, like to be able to be there all together, especially seeing to Anna get that six star. And I mean, I've been on the phone to her so many times after all these world majors that she'd done where she was by herself, like traveling yeah. to the other side of the world by herself and not being able yeah. to share in that experience. And there's that little bit of, um, I guess, you know, obviously she's got this amazing thing that she's just achieved, but you can kind of tell it's a little bit of a lonely experience, but the change in when she's been able to share these experiences with others like yourself was, was so radical. And um, that's what it's all about, right? Being able to, to do these things together and um, spur each other on. So you've still got a few stars to get. Uh, mm-hmm. So is that still a goal of yours to run the rest of the world majors? Now you've got two of them under your belt. Yeah, definitely. I This year was a bit funny because obviously with COVID still very much a reality, it was like, do I try and pursue the races and then obviously dates moving and things like that. So I think it's on hold at the moment till 2022. Um, so lots of training and all the rest of it this year, but, um, obviously the Boston qualifying time is, is there, it's just, <laughs> it's looming, it's looming. And fortunately the good part about turning 40 is that I get an extra five minutes. Yeah. Um, that's unless they change the time again, but, um, maybe we can yeah. make it happen because like when I'm turning 45, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that next year. <laughs> Like it might even go down for me. I've got to look at that because there was no way I was going to be able to get the qualifying time a few years ago. But now I'm like, "Mm, this is becoming easier for me. (laughs) I could get it if everything run run together in Boston. That's it. I keep saying that to my husband. I'm like, as long as I don't get slower, eventually I will get the time. (laughs) Yeah. 
I will aim that's happening. Somehow. <laughs> My reality seems to be changing. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm getting slower, not quicker. But, you know, maybe I just need oh, to get back on yeah. the road and off the trails a little bit. Yeah. Well, mm. This is true. It was not a very fast run in the snow. I can tell you that much. <laughs> no. Um, what sort of lessons do you learn about yourself when you're training hard for these events? So what sort of lessons do you learn about who you are? Oh, so much. So I ran with my husband in the final day of the challenge last month. And, and I just, I don't know, I must've got all emotional and philosophical as I was extremely tired. And I was saying to him that it's just like, there's just nothing like training for the marathon or something hard because it's like, there is nowhere to hide Mm. physically or mentally, emotionally. There is just nowhere to hide. You're with yourself for so many hours you anything that's in there anything that's going to come up it's going to come up and to get through it and to keep going you have to deal with it you can't hide from it so if it's something you know physical you just you know you have to get faster or you have to get you know build your endurance or you have to walk and run you have to deal with that physically but I think emotionally if there's something that's holding you back or you know you don't have the belief or whatever it is. It's like, you can't hide from it. It's the, it's the biggest leveler. I think that everyone experiences it the same. And I think that's the thing about running in general. It's like, it's so tangible, the achievement or the improvement, you know, whether it's, you couldn't run up a hill and now you can, or you get faster or you can run further. It's, it's just so much. It just exposes so much. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's, um, running, you know, is a really good time for me with, you know, connecting with my faith as well. It's a good time. Like you're alone. Mm. You can, you know, pray and be grateful for the things that you have in your life and the things that you're able to achieve. And I think that, yeah, training for a marathon, there's nothing like it. There's no other time that you'll spend that much time Mm. alone with everything that Mm. you've got. (laughs) Did you find, well, I was going to talk about this a bit later, but I think it'd be good segue now to skip into this part. Did you find just recently you you set yourself a challenge of doing the calendar club for the month of January. Did you find um, that was more heightened during that experience? Because obviously you were going out every single day and as the month wore on, you know, the the runs got longer and longer and you were more, more and more time out there by yourself. And we will add that you're in Canada. So it is winter and it is snow and it is cold and I know myself, it would be a challenge to get outside and run the calendar club in, in Australia at any time of the year, but notwithstanding the fact that you were running in those sorts of temperatures and, and having to navigate homeschooling with children and, you know, being a mom and a wife and all the things that go along with uh, what you're doing over there in, in Canada. Um, did you find that time was when you had a little bit more of that, I guess, insight looking into yourself and that spiritual side yeah Mm. is that good for that for sure like you know the other part I guess like taking on the this sort of a challenge or any you know long training or anything like that is you know you break it up with running with some other people or running somewhere fun or whatever but like you say it was none of it was easy it was like breaking it up into three runs in a day because it was in between homeschooling or you know you can't run with anybody else because you're not allowed to run with people outside of your house so I could only run with my husband a couple of times on the weekend and I think um spending that time by myself but also having to be solely responsible for motivating myself I had to find things that 
were not about the run and not about the kilometers. It was about, you know, yeah, like reaching back to times where it was like, you know what, that was hard. This is hard, but I can get through it. Mm. I can do hard things. And, and, you know, I, my health has been a massive part of my life and my journey mentally and, you know, getting, doing things I think that like we were talking about with childhood and exercise and things like that and sports where, you know, I wasn't supposed to do certain things and I certainly wasn't supposed to be running marathons or any of those things, but being able to do them encourages you to think that, you know what, I can do this just like I did that, just like I did anything else before. And, and I think um, around the faith and gratitude part, just having that time when you go out, sometimes I listen to music, sometimes I listen to podcasts and sometimes it's just nothing Mm. like to go out on the trail. And like I said, in the snow, and just think about all the things that you're grateful for and all of the people that you're grateful for and being able to, you know, that you've got this body that can do these things. Mm. And, um, yeah, just spending the time to show appreciation and gratitude for that, I think um, definitely got me through some some hard times. Mm. And it has been a difficult time for, for you. I mean, we in Australia probably don't really realize the impact that COVID has had on people in the other side of the world. Like, and as you just mentioned there, you know, when you started the calendar club, you were only allowed to run by yourself or with a member of your own household. So you weren't allowed to run with other people from your community. And, you know, we'll we'll talk about, well, actually let's talk about that now. So obviously there was a reason why you started the calendar club and, you know, you, you have formed this community um, over in Toronto, Chicks Run the Six. And, you know, was that the major catalyst to why you started Calendar Club was to give some people something to, I guess, a challenge to look forward to, to help them through this time? Like, let's talk about that now. Why? What was sure. the reason behind it? It was, um, so in December, we did, um, we did sort of like a, you know, countdown to the end of the year kind of challenge. And that was about, you know, um, distance and just sort of feeling out like what people, like what would motivate people to get out in this winter by themselves. And, you know, we, Toronto went back into a full lockdown and a stay at home order on Boxing Day. So prior to that, you weren't allowed to gather inside or anything like that but i think you're allowed i think it's like five people or something you could run with outside maybe i'm not sure we've been through so many iterations but mm-hmm. boxing day it was a full stay at home order you were allowed to exercise but only with people in your own home so the girls we got together and i said to them i heard about this thing in october des linden did it and it's called the calendar club and basically every day of the month the number you either do you know minutes kilometers miles whatever it is what about if you know, people are all going to have to run by themselves. What about if we have something that everyone can join in in some way? So whether it is minutes, whether it's kilometres someday, mix and match, do whatever you want to do. How can we, you know, all be doing the same thing but at our own at our own level and inspiring each other along the way? So we decided to do it that every day one of the girls would have a photo and a quote that they would submit that was their inspiration and that person would become um sort of the calendar person for the day and it just it really just brought everyone together to know that when they got back from their run in the cold and the snow alone that they could message onto our group and say i ran five miles or i ran five minutes or i ran five kilometers and just having those other people around that are doing the same thing and getting out there in the cold and the snow and the ice 
alone when we're all feeling pretty sad and pretty defeated that we're still in this situation, I think um, gave lots of people hope, me more than anyone. Because mm. you did find it like that was one of the reasons you started Chicks on the Six. I mean, let's talk about that now. Like obviously you'd gone and moved to the other side of the world and you wanted connection like you had before in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about that journey. How did Chicks from the Six begin and what is it for those that aren't aware and don't know or maybe aren't on social media because a lot of what we follow is on um, Instagram or social media. So yeah, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Share a little bit about that journey with us. Yeah. So I think, yeah, when I moved here, I um, I frantically was, you know, Googling and trying to find what I could find about running groups and it just so happened that at the end of my street, there's a track and there was a running club there and I joined the running club and an awesome community. And like, you know, I think I was the, I was either the only girl or maybe there was one or two other in and out, but um, you know, I've made some amazing friendships and I learned so much, but at the same time, I always had this like part missing of the, of the journey. Like I chased fast times. I've never run faster in my life, but yeah, I couldn't go on a Sunday run and just debrief about my week and my weekend. So Chicks Run the Six last March when we all went into the first lockdown and um, gyms closed and sports and things like that all stopped. Um, These friends of mine and they're also neighbours, so we all live pretty close. um, They had lost their, their outlet. And so they all turned to running like so many people did because running was still allowed and we live right by the track and we live right by a trail and um, they just sort of started running, but no one would ever run with me because I'd become the Anna. (laughs) (laughs) You were that one that was crazy running all the distances and going too quick. (laughs) And so the summer came around and obviously we had kids off on summer break and this is around July and it's warm and everything outside and, I started off very slowly. I said, what about if we do some workouts in the park with the kids? And then I said, well, I'm going for a run. What about if you came for a run? And, and then a few of them admitted that they'd been running in secret. And before we knew it, we were like, you know what? Let's just a couple of times a week get together at lunchtime or whenever we can when the husbands are home or when we can get away and let's go for a run. And as you know, it was like we were just chatting. No one even knew how far they ran. The next thing I was like, we just ran 8K. And they're like, What? I run AK, I run AK. Um, but we talked and we just, it was just that time to be yourself, not a mom, not homeschooling, not balancing work. It was like, I get to talk to these girls. I didn't even know I ran 8K. I feel amazing. Um, so we would just, you know, chat back and forward on a text group. And then they sort of said to me, uh, this, this is amazing. Like there's something in this, like, if we feel like this, then I think other people feel like this. And I was just did the big, like, amen. You know, like <laughs> I, told you girls, I told you girls that day when we did our first run that like, this was my dream when I came to Toronto, that I would find a group of girls to, to run with and that would feel like this. So then we decided that, you know, we needed matching outfits and we're pretty much all boy mums. I think there's one, there's one girl um one girl child so we decided we needed pink because there was no pink in our houses <laughs> and then we sort of were like what's the name what's the name and um and so toronto for people that don't know in australia so toronto you might know this from a drake song but toronto is called the six 
So there used to be six little boroughs, like in New York, but six boroughs before it was called the city of Toronto. It was called, they, people call it affectionately the six. So then we're like, what can we be called? And then someone, I think Chantelle came up and she's like, chicks from the six. That's what we'll be. And so we just started, you know, we had this Instagram, it was just the four of us like doing really goofy stuff and they'd never taken running photos. And so of course they're like, we've got to run here. We've got to take a photo with the CN Tower. We've got to, you know, <laughs> so we go off in all these places and we start posting these photos on our Instagram. And then um, we just said to people, you know, like if you're running the six, just tag us and we'll, you know, we want to, we'll just cheer you on, you know, we'll become sort of like your, cheer squad mm. and then I think as everything went into lockdown again and people couldn't run together the girls like I wasn't really sure whether they'd continue running but they continued running and they would tell me they're like I literally ran today so that I could get back and I could post that I went for a run because I knew all you girls would be like that's so good that you got out today you fitted into homeschooling and juggling work and all the other things like that's so, that's awesome. They're like, no one else cares, but you yeah. guys care. Yeah. You guys care that I ran 5Ks. You guys care that I got out when it was minus 20. So I think, you know, more and more people had that feeling and that experience and they just shared it with their friends and they said, you've got to come over and be part of this community. We, you know, you find out if the trail's icy, you find out like mm. the best places to run and everyone just cheers each other on and, mm. you know, and makes it that's happen. what it's about, right? It's about that connection. It's about 100%. what you wanted at the time when you moved there was connection with other mums or other women that we enjoyed the same things you did. Um, one of those being running. And, and when you look back, when you moved there, would you have thought that this would be what has transpired? And I, I think, you know, watching in, and I know I've been I'm part of this journey myself, like when I started RMA, that was the reason for the journey. That was the reason I started RMA. It never was meant to evolve into what it has today. It just has because that's part of God's plan, I believe. But I see when I look back, this simple little idea about connecting women. And there's something really magical about women when they connect and when they inspire each other and it's empowering and it's uplifting. And I think we need it. We're social beings. That's what women are. And do you see that now when you look back you know you know from when you started it you know how long ago now 12 around 12 months ago let's say or it was really yeah I suppose months. I think around the summer I think it's literally well I, on Instagram it was like October but I think we started running together it was around the summer so like July it was it was literally less than a year ago that they even put on a pair of running shoes and thought yeah I'm gonna go for a run <laughs> Right. So, you know, it's having an impact and it is growing and changing and people will be listening to this podcast who live in Toronto, who are part of your community or maybe friends of those people who are part of the, that community. And where can they actually find you um, and connect with you? Like, are you, do you have a group on Facebook? Are you just on Instagram? Like, where can they actually find out about, obviously at the moment you are, can't physically run together, but there will come a time when you can, but you can still be part of something amazing and, and spur each other on and still be part of community, whether that's in person or online. So where can they find you to find out more? Yeah, for sure. So on Instagram, it's literally just chicks run the six. And then there is also like, there's a link on there to the um, Facebook group or yeah. Facebook groups. I guess you just, yeah, search chicks run the six as well, but it's, um, 
yeah, it's just, it's finding connection when at the moment that the, it, it's just not, you know, we, we can't meet face to face. We're not at work. We're not, we're not anywhere where we can have that. And a lot of our days as, as women and especially as mums is doing for others, you know, the mums that are working and doing the kid thing and trying to fit in running. I have no idea how, but mm. for me, it's like I'm virtual school all day, but having this other little community of connections of people that, you know, we, we, you almost can separate from everything else and just become yourself and just talk about what's important to you and people care about what's important to you and share their experiences. And you do, you just want to, you want to cheer them on because you know how much it means to you. Mm, mm, that's right. So I think, um, like you said about sharing, you know, your story is that everyone has a story to share and everyone is inspiring someone else. And that's what we tell them all when they're like, Oh, I don't really run or I can't run far. And I'm like, you know what? There's someone that's where you were before that or where you are now and you putting it out there and telling people what you've done today or what your plans are, or what your goals are is going to speak to someone else. And they're going to think, Oh, I could probably do that too. And I know that I'm going to be supported by like-minded people that just want, the best for me mm, that's right and has the you know journey i guess with rma you're not able to be i guess here present physically with us has that impacted um i guess the journey with chicks around the six like have you seen the positive change in in yourself within being part of our community and being able to transfer that over to creating your own community where you are oh like a hundred percent i just I know what I had in, in Australia and how lucky I was, how pivotal it was to so many things that I did personally after that, like challenging myself and doing things out of my comfort zone that I would never have done if I didn't meet those girls and become part of what you've created. You know, like you say about creating the connections, but the way that you did it, that to make sure that that was the essence of what RMA was. Yeah. Yes, we talk about paces and running places and equipment and all the rest of it, but the heart and the soul of it is the people and being there for each other. Yeah. Motivating and inspiring. And, and, you know, like Anna and Christina did for me is like that believing in others and reminding them to believe in themselves. And I think, um, you know, that was what was so pivotal at the start with chicks run the six it wasn't me you know having run marathons and whatever else with some other mums that had run marathons it was like these girls almost forced me to start this do you know what i mean because yeah. they said hold on a second like what's happening here other people need this and they need it right like they need it now more than ever like we would not have run if it wasn't for this text group we wouldn't have run if you guys didn't care about what we've done for ourselves today. So I think like RMA is a hundred percent part of chicks from the six and yeah. just living and breathing through all of these women. Like, yeah, they're, they're experiencing the journey that so many of us have been on with RMA for sure. And that's so um, beautiful. I just love that. I love that we can be on the other side of the world from each other and be like sisters, like sort of, running soul sisters like together with chicks from the six i love that and i i think that you know anything you need amanda to help you with your community i'm i'm right there with you as are 
lots of women in this RMA community to encourage and inspire and follow along. And who knows how long you're going to be in Toronto. I mean, I think that's the beautiful thing is that things happen, like I said before, in our lives that we probably never thought would be what would happen to you, but there's a reason. And, you know, you've been placed in Toronto for a reason. And I believe this is one of those reasons, you know, those women needed this. And it was only at this time in history in that this has happened and the seed that you've planted has transpired into this beautiful thing that I know will grow and is giving women something that they never had before. So just like when you started running um, all those years ago with your baby in the pram and that doctor knew that you needed this, like this was all part of the plan. This was all part of the journey. So you know, it's getting me all emotional thinking about it, but it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. Like when I look back at, at things, it all makes sense, you know? So who knows how long you're going to be there. And, and even if you're not there for a long time to come, um, you've planted that seed and it'll continue, you know, and you are giving these women something special at this time when they can't get out and be with somebody else, they're still connected. They're still with, with each other. And that's more important than ever at this moment in time that people feel like they're heard, they're seen and they're connected. It's just so heartwarming to see, you know, messages. Like even today, got a, we got a message that just said, you know, I really... I wasn't, I wasn't going to go for a run. I was, I was going to start my 10 K plan today, but then I saw the weather forecast and I thought, Oh, I'll start on Monday. Mm-hmm. And then I logged onto the group this morning and I saw all these people with all their layers and how they were going to do it and where they were going to go and which roads were clear. And then she, you know, messaged back later and said, I just went out for a run because mm-hmm. you girls went out for runs and you told me it was possible. So I just, I know it's possible. Yeah. And you know, you know, the power of that. It's like, yeah, it's like the best kind of peer pressure. That yeah. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it just gives people, I don't know, permission, I guess, to, um, mm-hmm. to do those things that maybe they wouldn't have done if they didn't know they had that community behind them at the time. 100%. Now let's talk a little bit about, I'm conscious of your time as well, but let's talk a little bit about your journey um, with like you, your name on Instagram is plant-based mother runner that's mm-hmm. correct yes um so Quite let's cool. talk obviously you are plant-based um mm-hmm. i find this really interesting i myself am not plant-based i eat everything but i've i actually have been thinking a lot more about what i do eat um mm-hmm. what led you to uh that journey has it always been something you've um you've been or is this something that's recent and what impact has that had on your life for sure it's been um it's been a journey since, since child, like for as long as I can remember. So having the kidney disease, protein is something that my body can't really process. So I can't have like a lot of protein. And it was something that I found out just by how I felt. I would say to my mom and my parents, I was like, I don't like meat because I was five years old. I didn't, couldn't really articulate it any other way than I don't like meat. And we realized that obviously because when I would eat it, I would feel unwell and I would feel tired and it would affect my kidney function and affect my, um, you know, my energy and all the other things that went with the disease. And, um, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, it was like, 
people weren't plant-based or vegetarian and and they certainly my parents didn't know what to do if you don't eat meat then what do you do how do you get protein and all these kind of things so Mm. I red meat was sort of off the agenda and then I think I would have chicken and then obviously fish because especially being at the beach my dad would catch the fish and I'd eat the fish but it was always under sufferance it was never really something that I enjoyed or like because I associate it with not feeling well Mm. um and then I think you know teenage years and you get to sort of make a few more decisions for yourself I was like I won't be eating any meat at all and then I think through the fertility sort of um, piece that doctors were very much like, you know, you need to eat meat and you need to do this and you need to do that and we'll balance it very carefully with your kidney disease, but it's something you need to do. And strangely enough, I actually felt okay with eating it. Maybe because I needed it more, I didn't feel the same feeling. So I, you know, I started eating it again, but then as the kids, as I stopped nursing the kids and then they got older, I just found, I just ate less and less and less and less. And then I've probably been vegetarian for, oh, I was probably like five years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat any meat, but I would still eat, um, you know, dairy. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, just it started phasing out and phasing out. And the more research I did around um, the plant-based diet and inflammation, which my disease is high, like it's an inflammatory disease, as is endometriosis, as is a bowel problem that I've had my whole life. Um, I realized that a lot of the things that were going on health-wise for me could be improved by just cutting out that last thing of cutting out the dairy. And so I did that about two years ago and I just can't, I can't speak enough to the change physically that it's made for me. Mm. I was on the verge of having a hysterectomy for my endometriosis. There was no other options left as far as treatment. Um, and I, for the first time in my life, it might be maybe TMI, but um, regular periods that I've never had, hence with all the infertility issues, little to no pain whatsoever, no bowel problems whatsoever, especially on the run, which was always an mm. issue. Um, my kidneys, my kidney health is completely fine and wow yeah I just I can't it just it it wasn't a really conscious decision it sort of started to evolve but yeah that last thing was ice cream was the big one for me I was like I don't want to give up ice cream oh and cheese on pizza but um, when I started to see how it made me feel and the difference in every part of my health I just it was a no-brainer yeah did you consult with like a dietitian or someone to help you know what foods to have, or is this just something that you've been able to do with your own research? And yeah, I think um, I think because obviously I've dealt with lots of things to do with the protein for years and years and years, and also I um, I did a bachelor of health science like nursing at university, so yeah. I had a lot of prior knowledge, I guess, with that kind of thing. I think. Actually, I did, I did see like a, over here, like naturopaths, um, they have like their natural doctors. So I did sort of, you know, float, you know, supplements and things like that, that I knew that I needed. So like B12 and vitamin D is a big supplement you need over here, but B12 is something that you can't produce yourself and you can only get from meat. But that was a supplement that I knew that I had to take and yeah, getting a good quality supplement and things like that. But other than that, it was, you know, eating whole food, Mm. plant-based food is heaps of protein 
was that a challenge over there in Toronto compared to like if you were living here in Australia to find foods or was that something that lots of people do over there anyway? Yeah, I think, um, I think like everywhere in the world, I think it's, it's become, you know, almost like the popular thing yeah. to do as well, which always helps. Like I remember going through elimination diets and things like that when I was a kid and we were trying to work out, you know, what was good for the kidneys and the this and the that. Um, it was so hard. It was like you ate rice cakes and yeah. that was kind yeah. of it. Whereas now you can pretty much get anything. And over here, I must admit their organic produce is a lot easier to, to get. Yeah, lots of options. Oh, that's good. And I will say, like, you know, obviously your condition um, led you down this road. So it's not going to be something that everybody's going to find, um, you know, helps them or is that even even um, they have the same kind of, I guess, results if they choose to go down that path. But that has worked for you. And what works for one person is going to be different for another person. But there's mm-hmm. so much out there that people can read and follow um, if they want to go down that path. Has there been... A particular person or um, program that you've followed in transitioning to be fully plant-based at all that you might want to share with people? I didn't. Um, I didn't really follow anybody, any one person specifically. But there's, you know, there's some great. Um, you know, now there's there's plant-based doctors and there's plant-based nutritionists and plant-based dietitians that that's solely what they do and they prescribe. Um, you know, prescribe based on diet, which is. Yeah an incredible change in, you know, in, in Western medicine to, you know, these people that are qualified GPs, medical doctors that are, um, are now prescribing these diets. So there's, um, there's, yeah, a wealth of great, you know, great knowledge out there. And I mean, most people have seen now game changers, which is obviously highly produced and all the rest of it, but some of the doctors that have, you know, worked on those kind of projects have got years and years of research to, um, to back it up. And as far as like performance goes, um, you know, running wise, the inflammation mm-hmm. factor and the recovery and the muscle soreness and all of those things, like it's an absolutely awesome side, of, <laughs> side effect for me because obviously I did it for my health wise, but then the performance factor and being able to recover and being yeah. able to run those kind of kilometers back to back, I don't think I could do without this kind of diet. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. It's something I want to do a bit more research in myself, actually, like, and maybe dabble in a little bit more. I mean, I don't typically eat a lot of meat anyway, but like I'll eat chicken. Oh, well, when I say meat, I'm red meat. Um, I'll eat chicken and sort of salmon. Um, I do eat a little bit of red meat, but I don't particularly love it. Like it's not something that I would go for. If I was out at a restaurant, I'd probably more go for the salmon or something like that. So (laughs) I think I would probably start by eliminating, you know, if I was to eliminate meat, it would, I couldn't, I don't think I could eliminate the fish, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I do want to have at least some of my meals during the week, um, plant-based meals instead of Mm. having to have meat every single meal, um, Mm -hmm. whether that's something my family does, I don't know about that. Well, I, to be honest, never expected it was something my family would follow suit on. I mean, Mm -hmm. growing up how we did, it was like meat and three veg on your plate. And that was, you know, every single night. And that's, and it's, and it's, um, you know, we're changing like, what's the word, like cultural things that are part of our life. And I did not expect that my husband and my kids would do the same thing. I honestly thought that I would make, you know, like they would have a couple of plant-based meals a week because I would make them every day and then they would have a couple. But it was amazing to see that as they ate more of that food, they just wanted more of that food. They didn't want 
feet and they didn't want milk and they didn't want eggs or anything like that. It just, it changed on a, you know, cellular level, if, if, you know, for want of a better word, that they just started to ask for that food. Yeah. And so they pretty much, with the exclusion of cheese on pizza, that's it. They pretty much follow the same diet, which is very easy for the chef of the house. You don't have to be cooking 10 different things. That's for sure. No, no, no. Do you share lots of recipes on your Instagram that people could have a look and follow along? I did prior to the pandemic. And then I, my laptop got stolen for virtual school and also my time in the day and my just mental bandwidth for recipes. Cause that's not something that comes natural to me, but it was something that I thought if I can share easy ways for people to do this and things that it tastes nice, people would be like, Oh, I'll give it a try. And then, you know, if they like them, they maybe, like you said, you know, one or two meals a week would be plant-based. So it definitely was a goal and something that I I wanted to do and I started to do, but yeah, the pandemic stole the um, the recipes from the plant-based mother runner. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably still some there that people can scroll back and have a look. Yeah, definitely back. Um, definitely back in the archives. There, um, there are some good ones, and I and I do try and you know post as you do, like you post things that you're making, like recipes that you're making, and people yeah. are like, "What is this? Give me the recipe." Yeah. like the sweet potato brownies. That's right. I did that the other day. You put that up. I was like, oh, I need this recipe right now. <laughs> sweet potato brownies. That's two of my favorite things. Chocolate yes, exactly. and sweet potato. <laughs> I exactly. Love it. So good. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about who has been your greatest influence. If there is one person, there might be a few people, but on this journey in the last few years. Definitely, definitely a tough one. You're right. Like it's not probably one person. And I think different people for different um, aspects of my life. But I think if we go running wise, running, running, um, running mums will go running wise. So um, Anna definitely is just a huge inspiration to me. I think, you know, what she's, a, what she's accomplished running wise would stand alone as its own thing you know the races that she chases after and the challenges that she sets herself are just you know like nothing else but I think the fact that she balances it with her career motherhood other goals the work she does in just in the general community it's just Mm. it's so inspiring to see someone that goes after the things that they know are important and the things that are going to make a difference and and does those even though she's going to be exhausted and they're hard and they take away so much but I think they just give her so much back in return that she will just keep pushing and challenging herself and you know it's hard not to be inspired by that woman I'm just so lucky that I met her and that I get to call her my friend um I think you know over the last three years since we've been here my kids and my boys and my husband have been an inspiration to me because the way they were able to you know run with this experience and just embrace it for what it is and adapt to change and you know just meet new people and take on hard challenges and things that especially for little kids you know be so resilient their whole world changed and they just took it on the chin and you know made friends and have made this you know whole whole place where we live like home for them and they've done that themselves they've been you know 
so proactive in, in doing all these things. And the same with my husband starting a business from scratch on the other side of the world, um, making all those new connections, being, you know, putting himself out there, doing all the hard work. So yeah, those guys have been really inspiring. And as far as chicks from the six in our community, I, I mean, I have to say you, I mean, you are so inspiring what you've done. Like to see, you know, when I listened to you, when Anna interviewed you to listen to you saying, you know, I was there on that couch and I just thought, this is a thing. I have to make this a thing. I have to, you know, the connections for other women, if I feel like this and I'm starting on this journey that I want to share this and I want to bring more women into this and build them up and encourage them. And, and the way that you've done that and to see what it's become over, even over the time that I've known, I think it was pretty early on, but mm. to see what RMA has become and how many lives it's touched and how many connections and those stories on the podcast of, how what it's done for those women you know to to think that chicks around the six could do even just a tiny bit of that is a massive inspiration to me oh, thank you so much and it will it really will like i can i i'm so excited by what you're doing like i'm following along closely and it really warms my heart to see the connections that are being formed and especially at this time when everybody is struggling with that you know everybody is and we're yeah. lucky over here that we can connect in on a physical level but for you guys who can't do that right now is so important that that work is being done even if it's something that's just a little bit part of your day and a part of your life you're giving that gift to somebody else and being able to follow along and share in their journeys so yeah, i'm excited to see where that goes and yeah i'm just following along so close and hopefully we can have in I don't even know how long, hopefully not too long. We can have some time where we get to come over and spend time together as two communities. Won't that be yes. special? Well, that would be so good. That we can be. take you on all these, all these crazy trails and mountains and snow runs and all the things that we do. It'd be, um, it'd be so good. But we yeah. talk about that all the time. Like what we're going to do when we can actually see each other face to face and we're having a, um, like a virtual, uh, chicks catch up next week we're going to do like a workout online and then a chat and sort of like happy hour after and oh, yeah i think that keeps us going too knowing that there is a plan to you know when this is all over there's things to look forward to of being able to run together and you know we you know we supporting you know some charities and things like that yes. in our community and being able to do like real work with them and for people to see what we are able to do together like yeah. when the rest of the community are going to be able to see it as well. So we're yeah. very excited for that. And I will put in the show notes uh, a link to all of the, like your Instagram and the Chicks from the Six and everything like that for those that want to follow along or those that would like to be part of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we should do something together as well. Like uh, maybe we can do one of those virtual catch-ups together with some RMAs and over this yeah. side of the world and some Chicks from the Six. That would be exciting. Which yes, totally it could be like our like sister sister running community. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. They're like they have like pen pals in yeah, Australia. Yeah, hundred yeah, <laughs> um, percent. Well, all the same I, language, honestly. Once you um, once you start talking running, it's like it really just doesn't matter, does it? Everyone's like, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> You're my people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's finish up now with the uh, the RMA hot lap. So let's start with. 
what is your favorite race fuel? I'm interested to find out if yours is different now that you're living over there. Is there something different yes. I don't know about? Well, my favorite is Endurance Tap, which I think you guys might have got. The Brisbane girls definitely got to try because I sent over a box or Endurance Tap sent over a box for the girls to try. So it's, it's very Canadian. It's maple syrup, ginger, and sea salt. Yum. It's really that's yummy. Wow. And that's it. And it's super simple. And so it really, uh, the thing for me was when I first got here, I was like, what do I do? I don't know any of the things that are here. What am I going to take? And my um, nat- like naturopath here, she said to me, oh, you just have endurance tap. It's this, 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 and this. And she said, it's so simple, so clean on your stomach. It's all plant-based, obviously. And the ginger gets rid of like any of that nausea and funny sort of stomach feeling. And then obviously the salt, which we all need. And then the energy from the maple syrup. So wow. love and Mm-hmm. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. That's very interesting. Good. <laughs> I might have to try some of that. Um, what is your favorite speed or endurance? Endurance. <laughs> I thought you'd say that. Yeah, no speed work for me. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just a little. <laughs> I do it, but I just don't like it. <laughs> You're so like me, woman after my own heart. Uh, what is your favorite, or what has been your favorite running event, and why? you have to pick a favorite now (laughs) just one i have to pick one oh it's so hard you got three out of me but now i have to pick one i think i have to say chicago because it just ticks so many boxes like the first major the first time under that four hours which was i mean it's just a number but for me it was like the number just was such a goal like everyone has a different might be sub three might be sub five whatever it is it's just like when something is such a goal that you chase for such a long time the more you chase it like it just means so much and then obviously being there with those girls that I hadn't seen in the flesh for so long and to be part of I feel like the end of an era for Anna with that journey and like you said you know we just like we tracked her in races online and we got the middle of the night phone calls and all that stuff and to be actually you know and sending her off at the airport and all the rest of it and then to finally be there in the flesh to see one and to see the last one that's just that will be with me forever well hopefully we all get to share that experience with you yes when you get to do your last one maybe that could be the pinnacle we can all come to your last one that would be exciting maybe that would be my first one if i ever get to new york which was supposed to happen last year that could be one of them but anyway um Oh, this is a good one. What is your ultimate bucket list event? If you could choose one event that you would want to do before you die, which one would it be? It has to be Boston. Mm -hmm. For the same reason of the sub four, it's just like, it's just when something is, when you have to fight for something and you have to work so hard at something. And as we know, it's like, it's what you do every day. It's all the hours and all the runs that culminate in that one thing. And I think when something takes that long and takes that much effort, it's just, you can't get, you just can't, you just can't get past that feeling. So I think, I think it's going to be the BQ for me. And then Boston obviously will be the sweet victory lap. (laughs) Yeah. Well, watch this space, everybody. (laughs) Following along Amanda's journey. A couple of years. (laughs) Okay, and the last question, what do you want your children to be most proud of when they remember you? I think I want them to be most proud of that I will 
chase hard goals. I will do hard things and that I won't give up. Um, and that also that I care for other people and just want them to get the best out of themselves. Mm, yeah. And you're doing that. You're doing a great job at that. Continue doing what you're doing, doing wonderful things over there. And we miss you over here. Uh, and looking forward to the time that you can come back and spend some time here and, when you do, I'll be flying up to Brisbane <laughs> to spend time with you. Or who knows where we will be when we get to meet you again in the flesh. Hopefully it'll be somewhere exciting that we can all get together and share in that experience. But it's, you know, it's still, we're lucky that we are blessed to be able to have these experiences where we can still connect online with each other across the other side of the world. You're still very much part of our community and we're excited to see where the rest of your journey takes you. So thanks for sharing on the podcast today. Um, I will share uh, everything in the show notes where people can follow along your journey. But do you want to just say again where people can find you if they would like to follow along? Yep. I think um, the easiest place is Instagram. It's plant-based mother runner or chicks run the six. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you, Amanda. And thank we'll you, Nicole. Speak to you next time. I know this was quite a long episode, but thanks for sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed listening to Amanda's story and all that it entails. Head over to Instagram and follow along Amanda's journey at Plant Based Mother Runner or Chicks Run the Six. Thank you to everyone who shares in this journey with the RMA podcast every time we air. I look forward to sharing more stories with you next time. So please head over to the podcast app and review this episode and give it a rating. And that way lots of people will be able to find us and share in the journey with RMA as well. Thanks guys. And I'll speak to you next time.